as it is. Well, like, I, rem- I remember when Sheikh Wa'il told me off yesterday on stage, I saw your face and Sheikh Omar Suleiman's face. I'm like, like they look like, yo, we, we, we feel sorry for this guy. From what I saw. I like, yeah, nah, alhamdulillah. Well, I felt sorry for him. No, nah, alhamdulillah. Nah. We ready? I'll guide you through, inshallah. I'll just, I'll, yeah, you let us know. Do I, look, do I look mad tired? No, you look perfect. Um, it can be edited, so nothing here is suddenly going on. We'll just talk. Anything else, we can take it out, we can leave it in. They might stop us if there's a question that any of them come up with. Yeah. Perfect. That's cool. So inshallah, I'll, I'll guide him with those questions a little bit later. They're actually in my head. Thank you, Dr. Esma. I was thinking about the same. But first, we're going to get to know Akhi Ayman. We want to get to know him and your life. And I want to break the stereotype of people telling their past stories why it's okay to do it and in which circumstances. We want to break those stereotypes about you by showing who Akhi Ayman is. Allah is perfect. Coming things from that the move teachers me. Was things that move me. And then inshallah, we're going to go into the youth because they're going to be waiting. And we're going to see your character inshallah. Let's do it. All right, Habibi. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Ya Akhi Ayman, how are you? Alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullah. What a pleasure to sit Allah with you. Sheikh, the is mine. Allah, Allah here in the UK. You know, Akhi Ayman, I, I, I haven't known you before. I only started knowing you like everyone else on social media. Um, you popped up and I thought, who's this young man over here? SubhanAllah. I see a lot of really young people, 14, 15, 16, 18, 20. They're all into you tremendously. You're like a pop star, mashaAllah. Allah, and I just want to start now. You've been hosting our Light Upon Light event here in the UK. Yes, you are the MC, mashallah. I hope so. Doing a tremendous I hope so, job. I hope so, Sheikh. Allah, you're doing Hayat a tremendous Allah, job. Sheikh. Do you know why I'm wearing blue today? This one, Sheikh. I already told you, you're like a Smurf. Yeah, you, decided to, you decided to bring it back. You yeah, said yeah, a yeah, Smurf decided yeah, to you come called back. Me, you called me a Smurf with but a gun. Allah looks good on you. Allah Allah so I wore it today to shove it in your face. That's all. So it's like you want me to get onto you even further on uh, stage tonight. I want you to wear your hearts on your sleeve tonight. Khalas. And right Khalas. now, just be yourself. Inshallah. And, um, you know, I look at you. I've, I've, I've been spending time with you here yeah. and going and coming. And I've been really learning a lot about you. You are a fascinating person. Uh, uh, Amen. And, you know, I come from an education background. And we have some friends here who are psychologists from coming. My friends coming from Australia. And we have uh, seen an interesting part about you which I want to share to, with the world so we, we can know where, why and how and, and, and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put you in I think that you have a position where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed you in no let's start with me asking you about that name that you've chosen Akhi Ayman, Ayman. your name is not Akhi no Akhi is uh, a description yes Akhi means my brother yes can I ask you why did you choose the name Akhi Ayman uh, Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Muhammad. First and foremost, Sheikh, jazakallah khairan. Wallah, it's an honor uh, to be even sit with you, uh, sat with you in the same room. Um, the reason why I chose um, this name, Akhi Ayman, is because I want people to have an intimate connection with me straight away. 
So I have Muslims and non-Muslims. When they say Akhi Amen, they automatically say my brother Amen. Not an Ustad or Imam or scholar or Talib al-Ilm, like a student of knowledge. But that connection means something to them. Because when they ask me, what does Akhi mean? I told them it means my brother. So they're like, oh, so when we, we you know, call out your name, you're, we're basically saying my brother Amen. Because my name is Amen. My first name is Amen. In that intimate moment when you build with anyone, they would remember it forever. So that's why I chose that name. And even if I go to study and receive ijazah in Islamic knowledge, I will still remain Akhi Amen. And I like it. You like to connect with the people to I make them to feel share. I'm at your level. There you go. That's what the Prophet used to say. To speak to the people at their level. Allahu Akbar. If you were to look, go back in time to find the Prophet you will find him sitting with the poor people, with the normal people. And that's how I, I, I kind of found you to be very humble. Yeah, everybody loves you here. The mashayikh, the, yeah. uh, the, the du'at, everybody just looks at you. you you're like the, the, the energy that brings everybody laughter among us. Sheikh, I feel to. happy when you're around us. Hayakallah, Sheikh. Wallah, you know, is, um, you know, there was something that I used to say, what my mother used to say. She used to say, um, uh, the ones that laugh the most have felt the most pain. So this is something that, look at the Prophet Muhammad he went through the worst of pains, but he never ever showed it. But as a Muslim, from what my mother told me, she is to never let people feel sorry for you. If they feel sorry for you based on your condition, then let it be. But they shouldn't feel sorry for you when they first meet you. And this is a image you should never ever put in their head. Oh, Amen, he's got disadvantages now. I'm a man. I like to let people know I'm here. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, truly, I've seen your line. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you to put this in the, in, in, in the way that pleases him subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know with that name Akhi, no. I found that very interesting. You want to be intimate with the young people and at the same time uh, you were telling me before because you don't want people to, you want people to know where later on and you actually have sheikhs around you that mm. you've gathered Mistake, right? I would say it's okay to make a mistake, yes, yeah, Sheikh. Okay, hold on. Is the same way we fall back into the sin with the intention to never fall back into that sin, but even if we do, Allah will still forgive you. So, if that, if I have the intention to never make that mistake. But I fall into it because I'm a very passionate guy, Sheikh. So sometimes people need to understand English is not my first or second language. Right. So when I'm being passionate and I'm about...
Somebody turns into a scholar nowadays when someone makes a mistake. Who gave you the ijaza, the certificate, for you to put someone else in their place? The mistakes that you do could be mistakes that I never fall into. But also the stuff that you do privately could be much better than everything I do publicly in the eyes of Allah. You can't ever put someone down or compare yourself to someone. And I vouch for that, Akhir. I mean, I've been watching you for the past four days. And the way you are around the people of knowledge, your absolute respect and humbleness to them. We have said things where we, we've corrected you in certain things. We've learned from you, even from another angle that you don't realize. And anything we've said to you, I've noticed you take it like as if it's a gift sent to you by Allah from the heavens. You really appreciate the knowledge. I want to vouch for that. Let me go in. want to make a very quick one don't feel guilty about talking about matters of your past mm. even if they were bad so long as number one your intention is sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu number two it's in order to teach the people about how to be guided and how bad something is and why they shouldn't do it and I think number three uh, talking to the people about things that relate to them that they're going through they don't mm. like it mm. you show them that uh, I was there and let me tell you why it's not good. And finally, from the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks one third of the Qur'an about stories of prophets. And even if you look at Surah Yusuf salam, Allah talks in detail about he was seduced by the woman inside of the, the, the house. Room, no. And how Allah says, وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ وَهَمَّ بِهَا Like he said, that there were emotions flying about. And Yusuf salam, almost had that emotion. He's a human. However, he had seen the sign from his Lord, but he didn't. And they ran to the door and she grabbed him from the back. And then the women cut their hands. And then he sat down in secret and said, Oh Allah, save me from this. And then in the prison, he had a prison life. Allah talks about his prison life. No. So I want to show that not always... Uh, it's not always a case where a person shouldn't mention uh, his past, even if no. some of them are sins. Mm. So long as they are relevant, they have a lesson for other people to learn. No. So I think this is a misconception. Unless you say your sins out of pride or just to show yourself as cool. You're or to not glorify it. Or to glorify it. I've never ever done that. Exactly. So Allah, let us begin now, inshallah. Amen. And let me ask you about your background. Tell us about your upbringing. Tell me about your parents, your mother, whatever you
I'm sick. Sorry. Have a drink. Please. Sorry, I just want one. Ah, yeah, yes. Oh, that's cool. The whole thing? All right, that's okay. We'll just wait. I have a drink. That's all right. So, so, blah, You're welcome, my friend. How do you feel we're going? Alhamdulillah. Now we're getting into this. Thing. Now we're getting into this. You just tell me what you want to say, Habib. Sheikh, wallahi, I'm comfortable with you. Sometimes I forgot that the cameras are there, but I'm comfortable with you. Hello, I talked a little bit, just I wanted to set some stage. Yeah, now ground you're, you're going to be most of the talking, inshallah. La, 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 Sheikh. My friend, I would help you, no, but I don't want to get. I've got the whole day to walk around <laughs> with this. Thank you. Those are really nice hot chocolate. Allah no bad. Let me know if you're uncomfortable. You need to go. We can stop it. Allah more right, Sheikh. What is that for anyway? Stage. It's a part of a stage. Oh my God. So who's playing chess? <laughs> so, Dr. Esma, how do you think we're going so far? <laughs> All right. Alhamdulillah. Do you want me to help you? No, Mom, just, just, just bring it out here. Yeah? Out Come, Fawzan. If you want to take this one, can you carry it? I'll take this one. Just to help him over here quickly now. Alright, we'll take that one. No, no, leave it, leave it, leave it. Please, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it, please. You don't, don't, you know, we're here to make you work, no? Oh, maybe I shouldn't put it on this. You got that one? We'll just grab you these ones. Yeah, I'm careful. Wow. Just help him to get it out. Oh. Just whack it on the floor? Anywhere? Oh, what, Fawzal, you was born here? Yeah, I was born and raised there, bro. Oh. Got it. Okay, mate. No worries. No worries, buddy. Thank you. you guys say no worries here? Yeah, of course, no worries. No worries. worries. <sighs> I love a reason to avoid Sri Lanka. All right, so we're going to take it a step back. Yeah, we'll okay, yeah, we ready? put in the deep end. One, two, three. So we're putting a deep end. MashaAllah, Buddha Jana. Look at the time for you as well. What's the time? It's 10.30. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry, we've got it's calm, sure. 20 minutes. We've got time. We've got time. You've got like 40 minutes. You don't understand how important this is for the young people. He knows. Yeah. Oh, he knows. Wallahi. Sheikh, do you know what the craziest thing is? Someone contacted me um, regarding doing a podcast. And Sheikh, do you know what it is? I'll show you the messages. I know, I don't know the person, but I know him. And he just went into it like, oh, I feel like people are telling me 
he's Muslim as well. Like people are telling me I shouldn't do a podcast with you, but I want to. But you're always dodging me. I was like, bro, you see me. Bro, I've seen my family like a few days in a month. I'm not going to drop everything for you. Yeah. Disrespectful people. I can understand. We're all in the same boat. Well, of course, you know, you're always on the road. Don't worry about it. Believe that you do what you can. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as so long as you're pleasing Allah. We're ready for it? I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. Bismillah. You were thrown in a deep end in the UK. Go. So, Sheikh, we were placed in a deep end. And where it is, it's like no language, uh, no culture. The weather's different. The people are different. Everyone's a bit like aggressive. We got placed in the hood, in the gutter, uh, southeast London. So it's like we had to do what we can to survive. Yes, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a bit picked on for 9-11 and continuously attacked from people inside the school. But it was just constantly survival mode from school. So that built me to become an aggressive person. Why, why did they pick on you at school? What was it? Because I was getting blamed for 9-11. I'm from Iraq. I'm from Mosul. So it's like, so it's like when the war started, everyone's attacking the Iraqis. They're blaming us. And when the war actually went to Iraq, they're like, well, this is justification that Iraq was the one that did the terrorist attack in 9-11. So now the people have to suffer. Mm. That's people in and outside Iraq. And that's you coming from Iraq, seeing the suffering, the turmoil, your family's suffering. Yeah. And you're thinking, Alhamdulillah, now I'm going to get a bit of relief. And suddenly you come here and they start hammering you with all these accusations. Was exactly. your English pretty good at that time? Sheikh, I was learning this is cat, this is dog. By the age of what, 10, 11, like there was no English at mm. all. So they made fun Hello of Hello was the only English I knew. But, so look at the difficulty in that. Mm. I'm 30 years old now, so I've been here for, what, 20, 21 years. I feel like I've done good for my English, I hope. Doing very well, mashallah. So you got bullied, that's where it all started. At 100%. How well, old were you when you started getting bullied? I would say, you seen, like, when I was 10 years old, I came here when I was nine. So around 10 years old when I went into school. What are some of the things they used to bully you with? Oh, a terrorist. Uh, making me go up to tea. And this happened. But well, alhamdulillah, I have the mercy of Allah. Allah how, did your, how did your parents uh, deal with that? Did you go and tell they didn't your parents? Know. You didn't tell your parents no. anything? Why? Because my parents were going through a lot themselves to adjust to this country. My father's disabled himself, so he can't walk. So why am I going to put more burden on my father? Do you mind me asking how your father became disabled? My father was tortured and kidnapped in Iraq. Uh, by the authorities and they made an example out of him. My father had a um, had a status and they just destroyed him and they tortured him for God knows how long. Like, like I said, I hardly saw my father 
So when I did see him rolling around on a wheelchair, I realized I never ever asked questions. So me and time, in other words, we hear and we obey. But this one's like, I see, and I don't ask questions. That's how I've been programmed. Naturally, by default. You've got to be strong. You have to. There's no such thing as showing emotion. When you're with your Lord, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, break it. Break, break yourself. You had to be raised to be strong. No, no room for emotions, otherwise you're gonna, not able to survive. 100%. From a young age. Because, because of what happened in my younger years. Yeah. If my younger years was as normal as everyone else, I would have, of course, showed emotion. You would have been through war and turmoil, bombs, missiles, everything. Of course, you had to, Sheikh. But the reality is, it's like you actually don't realize how important it was for me to hold that all in. Very important. Why? Because it's like a ticking time bomb, Sheikh, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot to get there because it's just a build-up. But once I need to lash out or once I need to explode my emotions and God knows how that's going to be, it came at the right time. It came at the right time. So you grew up in school here in the UK. Yes. Did you go into high school? Yes. And was that, how was high school for you? High school was the same. You got bullied at primary school. How how was high school for you? High school, the first year was the same. The second year, I realized Allah blessed me with the ability to fight. So, mashallah. I got a sledgehammer of a fist, I can tell you that. I've seen that. Inshallah. (laughs) Allah. So, and then when I realized that Allah is giving me this ability to know how to fight, Sheikh, I just started defending myself. And for me, Coming from a background of got bullied myself, I didn't like other people getting bullied. So even if it meant I got beat up by a group of friends in school, uh, sorry, not friends, but a group of people in school, I'd rather do it. That feeling of getting bullied, Sheikh, is a, it's a disgusting one. Do you think it's when you see people getting bullied in high school? Oh, there's no mercy. What, what, why did you feel you need to defend the victim? Because I know how it feels. I got picked on for not speaking English. I got called a terrorist. For not, for having no part in anything to do with the 9-11. That's like me blaming Christianity for KKK. But KKK do everything in the name of Christianity. Makes no sense. Make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't blame a, a person's emotion compared to everyone else. It's like I can't blame a father for going out to causing a major havoc on the road. Am I going to blame his wife and his kids? Of course not. So why would you blame a whole religion? Why would you blame a whole nation? That's what happened to me. You've got a sense of justice. Some people, when they're bullied, I've seen it as a teacher, I've seen them go two ways. Either they become bullies later on Mm. to take revenge at the world, and others they turn to the way you turned. I used to have that. I I bullied a a young girl in primary school once. (laughs) And And on that note, we are... (laughs) And then I turned, and, I th- and then I got bullied. And you can either go one way or the other. So you're going in the direction now of standing up for people who are weak and victims. And you are ready to take on 10 people. Okay, and then after that. Sheikh, I'm going to be honest with you. 
if I am defending someone that is right, regardless if he's Muslim or not, let's make that clear. As a, as a Muslim, we defend people that are vulnerable and victims. We don't care about your religion. We're going to you as a human aspect of a side of things. So if I'm defending you, I'm defending you because I know as long as you're not in the wrong, I will defend you. Even if you are in the wrong, I would rather find that after. But if I see that you're the one that's getting beaten up, but maybe you're the one that started the problem, I'd rather come and defuse the situation. But if I find out that you yourself was the problem, then me and you are going to have words and exchange words and hopefully we don't get physical. But the reality is we go by what is apparent. And what is apparent, you're the one that's a victim right now. You're the one that's being beat up. So it's only right I defend you in that moment. So where do we go from that? The youth, they need a voice, Sheikh. They don't, they don't have a voice at home. They don't, have a, uh, they don't have a voice in school. They don't have a voice in their extracurriculum activities, such as madrasa, whatever it may be. They're not themselves on the street because the streets are evil right now. Innocent people are being killed for not even handing over their mobile phones or their watch. So the reality is everyone is a victim to either someone else or themselves. Some would say, how can you be a victim to yourself? You're being a victim to yourself because, and I say this to the youth, if you're not being obedient to your Lord or being obedient to your parents or being obedient to your soul, then you're being, you're being a victim. You're being controlled by fins when your body was created, when your soul was created. Yes, you have a body. Your body is for you. Your body ain't going to return back to Allah. Hmm. So that mechanism that you have, that your organs, it remains on this earth. But the engine is the soul. And that engine doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the manufacturer. So it's got to go back even if there's any issues. You've got to change your oil. No worries. Make wudu. Simple. You gotta change any health conditions. If you come, like, say, for instance, if you fall into any uh, um, disease, diseases, illnesses, Akhi, it's simple. You make Allah as your priority. You make your religion as your priority. Your deen. You make your salah. I say to the youth, Sheikh, the youth are lacking salah. We met a seventeen-year-old yesterday mm. in a restaurant. Mm. His father's begging me, come and speak to my son. 17 years old, Allahumma barik, the brother's, the brother 17, makes me look like a, a skinny worm, mashallah, hench, good, like, he looks after himself. I look at him, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to have eye contact with me. Why? I said to him, bro, what's going on? Talk to me. He said, I will talk to you when my father leaves. I said, uncle, please give us some space. Bro, talk to me. And for me, when I talk to the youth, I bring myself to lower the them. I don't bring myself as equal to them. I bring them lower. I show them that I'm looking to become vulnerable just for you to become vulnerable with that's how. That's, that's the language they understand because the reality is they're all suffering. They just need someone to hold them and say, bro, I'm with you. Your tears are my tears. Your pain is my pain. Your happiness is my happiness. So talk to me. I was like straight away, I said to him, do you like Salah? He said, I'm ashamed to say this, but yes. I said, well, how old are you? He said, 17. I said, bro, I was once upon a time there. From the age of 12 to the age of 19, 
we go through an identity crisis. If the youth, to my knowledge, if the youth are not being grabbed between these two ages, from 12 to 19, if they don't know their purpose in life, their vision, their goal, and what they should be ambitious about, you're going to lose them. So this is the best time to make them fall in love with the religion. How did you find that go with that young boy? Sheikh, he told me about the issues. So he said to me, my friends are a bit, they don't bring me to the religion. But he said something that was profound. He said to me, his non-Muslim friends have said to him, what you're doing is wrong. This is not what your religion teaches you. Mm. I looked at the uncle and said to him, uncle, let me chat to you quickly. So I, 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 I've gone to him in the corner of the restaurant. I said to him, uncle, don't ever bring up his past. Let the man live. Let him live. If he makes mistakes, he would realize those mistakes and he will come back. Let, we have to. And then the moment I said that, straight away the uncle opened his mouth and said, but he's got bad friends. He says, this is this way you go wrong? I'm a stranger to you. I'm a man that you see on a tablet or phone. What gives you the audacity to open up your mouth to tell me that your son is around bad people? Why do I need to know that? So if you've done that to me and I'm a stranger, how many family members have you spoken to? How many people have you put down your son in front of? You've just put him down in front of me. So I said to him, uncle, straight away, I defuse the situation. Don't ever bring that up. Even if his friends backstab him, that's for him to learn. So uncle, haven't you been betrayed? Haven't you been in business? Haven't you traveled with people? You've been betrayed. You learned it yourself. You won't get lectured by someone that they themselves haven't gone through that. So why are you making your son go through it? You're programming your son. Yeah, you're going to get people to betray you. You're going to get people to back him. Let him live. Let him gather that information for himself. Let him see it. It's like someone that restricts their kids from ever doing anything outside. Not going to extracurricular activities, no football, no swimming. You can't go out to go to the cinema. You can't do anything, social activities. The moment they taste that, that, that buzz that they get outside the house, that becomes a drug to them. So now you've made them addicted to that drug that you've made them, that you've held back for so long. You're the one to blame. I'm a parent. And I see young people like that. And you're right. You're saying, let your child feel that he's truly got a father who is guiding him, not judging him. Allah. Isn't that true? Yes or no? Okay. A child, you see, you see, this is why I love my mother. My mother, 80% of her life, she was a friend. Mm. When she needed to be a mother, it took only 20% of her time. She knew when to become a mother, but she was one of the men there. She was one of the boys. She was someone that we can come and banter and just be ourselves. Our father was different, and I understand his background, but my mother now, just friend. She's a friend, she's a companion. We didn't look at her as a mother. Only at times when she needed to become a mother, she knows when to put you back in your place. Mm. So the parents in today's day and age, they're being so, they're being more of a parent than they are a friend. Why? Because a friend has a lack of authority. Mm. But parents has an authority. So you talk down to them. You put them down. 
you told them off. I'll give you a prime example, Sheikh. There was a guy that came to my talk. He said to me, I've grounded my son. He never went to school. So he wasn't allowed to come and listen to you. I said to him, what's the issue? He goes, he didn't go to school and he was crying and he wanted to come. I said, you know what, uncle? I don't do this, but for you, I'm going to come to your house. We went to go and see his son. I said to him, can I have a moment with your son, please? Let me just speak to him. I found out that his son's being bullied. That's why he never went to school. Where was the time for you to find the ground or the foundation of your son's uh, problems? You didn't. Why? Because the authority came out. Put the authority aside. What you're saying is treat your children according to their age. If he's 17 and 16, a parent should be communicating with their child and the things that they're interested in be involved with them so the child can feel free to talk to their parents without ramifications and judgments. Yes. Be yes. able to talk. If they can't talk, you're going to lose them. And this is what I fall into. Sometimes my daughter's five years old. I've got a stepson that's 10. I want to be able to portray that, but sometimes I fail in it. I fail. Not because I'm purposely trying to fail in it, but the reality is, it's like, it's like I know what I got brought up in. There's too much pain for me that I've gone through that I don't want them to go through. So it comes out wrong in my speech and my actions. No, you can't do this, you can't do that. The reality is, just let them live. Let them make mistakes. Looks like you're still learning as well in Ah, Sheikh, you have no idea. Right now, I'm about, I'm about 5 to 10% of my fatherhood. I haven't got nowhere near 50. It's good to, that, that humbleness shows in you that you are ready to learn and you're not yes. arrogant, mashallah. You Alhamdulillah. Know, I'll tell you what I've realized just from that little bit. Some people, they go to learn Sharia and they go to university and some of them go and learn whatever expertise they're going, whether it's psychology, science, teaching, even as a teacher, whatever it is, Imam, Sheikh, scholar, PhD. One thing that we cannot learn in school and at university is this experience that you're talking about. You can't learn this from textbooks. You can't learn this from your teacher. So although you're not a Sheikh or a scholar or someone who's trained in the fiqh and sharia on deep level, you are learning from the scholars, alhamdulillah. Mm, alhamdulillah. What you have is that you have a degree in understanding emotional intelligence in people, understanding young people's mindset. I feel, I feel good about alhamdulillah. this. Alhamdulillah. And stay humble. Stay humble. No, of course. <laughs> Allah. Allah. And you should Allah. be proud of something like this that Allah subhanahu wa has given you. It's a gift. Not many people can do that. I can have all the PhDs in the world. But to understand the mindset and put myself in someone's shoes, that doesn't come from textbooks. So that's the area Allah I've has put you in. MashaAllah. Everyone has a place. And that is your place, the young people, MashaAllah. Now, do you mind me asking you about your mother? What can you tell us about your mother and your relationship growing up with her? I know it's going to be hard for you. Share whatever you can. I want to know your relationship with your mother with your sisters, I want to know about this beautiful mother you just mentioned. Um, Sheikh, my mother was a woman of ibadah. I'm not going to lie to you. She was a woman that at times me and my brothers used to get onto her, like mom come inside. She used to pray outside. This is after midnight. This is like, she used to pray in the garden. And I'm like, mom, what are you doing? And then at one point, um, she told my brother, she goes, she goes, when I turn to Allah, 
when it comes to the lowest of the uh, mm. the levels of the heaven. She said, I don't want no barrier between myself and Allah. No barrier. No barrier. I don't want nothing above me. Yes, we know there is nothing above you anyway. But the way she looked at it goes, I don't even want any building, anything that ma- that is man-made. Like, like your level of contentment with your Lord has to be so far for you to look at it like this. You don't want anything man-made to be in between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's including the roof and the house that we stay in. That's why she used to go in the garden. But I told you this, Sheikh, the du'as of a mother, I'm a witness to this. We, we, we would have police come to the house. We have weapons, illegal weapons. And wallahi, they would be standing on the weapon and kicking it around because of the du'a of my mother. They are blinded to it. The police are blinded to it. We're witnesses. And we're looking like, this can't be real. Are they that stupid? No, it's not stupidity. It's the dua. But I remember when Umrah, Sheikh, I went Umrah to go and see my mom's grave. And this is something that my mom used to do on a week, stuff like a daily basis. Every week, every month, 24-7 of the time, seven days a week. Without fail, she would leave the house around midday just to go and feed pigeons without fail, if it's raining, snowing, windy, you name it. Even if there was a tornado, she would go. She goes, this is something that I've picked. Mom, why? It's the small things that you do that is consistent, that are most beloved to Allah. She'll go and do this. When I went to her grave now, Wallahi, Sheikh, this is not even exaggerated. Even the brothers with me started, started finding this to be a bit weird. Because they know of the story of my mom. I have the whole graveyard. My mom's, uh, my mom's grave was the only grave that had pigeons around it. Wallahi. You can't make this stuff up, Sheikh. You'd think to yourself, but you know what? I have failed my mom. She has done a lot. You feel you failed your mom? 100%. Let's take a step back. What's the story of your mother? My mother How did she someone. pass away? Tell us. If you um, want to share it. No, of course. Um, so you went me to and my Umrah. brothers got together. Sheikh, me and my brothers got together. We wanted to surprise my mom by taking uh, to Umrah. Hmm. I, w- I was meant to have gone, but because I had commitments, my mom says, Amen. Anytime I get the opportunity to go to Umrah, I'm going to go. So even if I go with your brothers now, if you go in a few months, I'm coming. Whenever. That's it. There, there, there's no... There's no two ways about it. So it's, okay, no worries, mom. You're going to go in October. I'm going in February. You're coming with me. She went. Me and my brothers got together. Two brothers went. Two brothers stayed behind. So I've got four brothers. How many brothers and sisters? I've got seven all together. Sure. Sure. So I've got three sisters and four boys. Three sisters, four boys. All yeah, sure. sisters younger than you? Or I've got two sisters older than me and one sister younger. So alhamdulillah, quite balanced. I and got, your brothers? So I'm like right in the middle. Sure. I've got three child. younger. A few older, <laughs> alhamdulillah. No. And um, so we went to Umrah, and wallahi, this is something I regret, and it's hurting me and it's eating me up because the whole 12 days that she was there, 10, 12 days that she was there, I didn't want to message her. I didn't want to call her. I didn't want to uh, send her a voice note. I didn't want to communicate with her. Why? Because I said, I know this is important for her. She's a woman of ibadah. Like, 
her going to Medina, her going to Mecca. Let her be because my brothers are already with her. She went to Medina. I remember she, my imam said to me that your mother said to the women, because they were with the women going around, she said, your mother said to the women in Medina that I have repented for all of my sins. And I am ready to meet Allah. This is in Medina. But Allah had better things planned for her. Allah didn't want her to pass away in Medina. So she went to Mecca. She did her Umrah. The ladies, when they came to my house, after they came back from Umrah, they came back to the UK. After the passing of my mom, she said, we never ever uh, saw a woman the way she was. Your mother used to encourage the younger sisters to come and do ibadah in the house of Allah. Your, your mother used to go to sleep, pretending to go to sleep. Wait for your brothers to fall asleep and then sneak out of the hotel room just to go in front of the Kaaba and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You would think to yourself, like, this is different. Then the day before she the, the, the day before she's meant to come here, she sends me a voice note. And the voice note is Assalamu alaikum Ayman. I hope you're well. I love you. And she goes, Ayman, send me the size of your phone so I can get your phone before I come back. And that's the last time. And because I didn't want to speak to my mother, I didn't want to send her a voice note back. I wanted her to enjoy her time. My, if, my, if I need to get anything, my brothers will get me something. I don't want it for my mom. But the fact that she was still thinking about me, it is what it is, alhamdulillah. And then um, my mother wanted to return back to Allah in the house of Allah. And she went to, she was on their way to come back in the hotel room. She wasn't feeling too well. And then they told her to sit down and they got a, a bottle of Zamzam water. And then when they got the bottle of Zamzam water, they just said to her, um, they said to her, sip it. And she's saying, Hashahada constantly. And she took two sips of Zamzam water. On the third sip, she missed her mouth. Mm-hmm. My brothers told me they missed her mouth. And then they looked at each other and goes, yeah, but Malikul Mawd is here. They can feel it. Mm-hmm. And then, my brother said, when she became stiff and she scrunched up the bottle of water, they knew there's no going back. They knew this is her final moment. And I remember, I remember the people that were there, I remember the people that were there, they said, we have, what we witnessed there, how your brother's, how my little brother, because my little brother was my mum's favourite child. We know this. We don't get onto my mum to say, oh, you know what? That's your favourite child. No, we know you had an attachment to that one child. You see, mothers, they love all the kids equally. But there's that one child they have that special bond with. And that was my little brother that was with her. Mm-hmm. And the people said to me, what they saw my brother, the way he, the way he screamed and the way he said they would never get over that. And in that moment, Sheikh, I was giving the talk. I said to the people, because I got a phone call saying, your mom's not well. I said, look, I'm about to go into a talk. So bear with me. But I'm going to answer if my brother calls, my brother that's with her. So I went to the talk. Sheikh, I'm getting phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. And I knew it was my sister. It's my wife. It's my sister from my older sisters, my little brother that's with me here. 
I'm getting phone calls and I'm avoiding it because my heart, sorry, my mind is telling me, bro, prepare yourself, yeah? My heart doesn't want to accept it because these phone calls are coming in so much, I don't want to answer it. Then I saw a FaceTime that came from my brother that was with her, my little brother. And my little brother message, I mean, he, he calls an answer and he says to me, Amen, I'm going to say this once and once only. He said, our mother has returned back to Allah. I said, he's joking. He goes, Wallahi, my mother. And then he just hand up. He goes, he just hand up. She's in Mecca. Alhamdulillah. She was buried in Mecca. <clears throat> Take your time. Alhamdulillah. Take your time. It's not easy. And the reason why I say I failed her is because I never spent enough time with her. You see, there's times where husband and wife might go through issues, but I knew mommy's house was the place to go. I don't go out with my friends. I don't need to do that. There's times I'm struggling at work. Who do I call? I call my mom. And I say this all the time. I say, and I said this to my wife, and I said this to my sisters. I said to them, bear with me. I can never love you the same. Mm. And they're like, why? I said, the love that I used to receive from my mom is the love that I used to give. If that love has been cut, I can't love you the same way anymore. Your mother died after she did Umrah. Nah. And she was buried in Mecca, which is an amazing privilege, subhanAllah. It's a sign that inshallah, your mother's in an amazing place. And perhaps the reason for your turning around and being a benefit for the people that really need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah has perhaps made you one of those tools, Akhi Ayman, in an area where we can't reach. I can't reach, for example, in all my talks, the same youth that you can reach, bi'ibnillah. Not me, not any of the others. And perhaps this is the legacy for your mother as a reward for her. Akhi Ayman, when did you start making that change from that ugly life? I know I haven't asked you about that ugly life yet. And you've it's a miserable to, life. You've talked about it a lot, but can you tell us? Take your time, Akhil Karim. It's not easy to lose a loved one. Sheikh, it's not a loved one. I lost my backbone. She's not someone that's loved to me. She's someone that's part of me. When you lose a part of yourself, you, 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 you can't function properly. So when people say, I'm sorry for your loss, I'm sorry for your loved one, it's not a loved one, Sheikh. It's a part of you that you will never get back. You're going to be an amazing man, inshallah. Hope so. You're going to make your mother proud, your father, and everyone. Uh, take your time, But, Sheikh, honestly, um, mm. the reason why I changed, I went to prison. I had a very hideous life a life of crime, a life of disobedience to my parents, a life of disobedience to Allah. Um, but we were all practicing in a sense where we used to pray and that was it. Yeah. But when I went to prison, prison wasn't a wake-up call. 
my wake-up call was what happened in prison. When I saw my mum coming to a visit, when I see my mum in her modesty, not hijab, modesty, head to toe, people need to know what the difference is. When my mother came in her modesty from head to toe, and I see her being searched, I said, no, I can't let my mother go through this. And the reason why it was a big wake-up call, on that day I found out what happened the day I went to prison. The day I went to prison, Sheikh, I left to go to court. I knew I was getting sentenced. I went, that's it. I went to court. I packed my bags. I know I'm going to prison. This is my sentencing. My judge told me, you're looking at jail time, so come prepared. You're going in. Packed my bags. My two little brothers came with me. My older brother hugged him, kissed him, and he went to work. I went to court. I got sentenced to 66 months to do half of that to do 33 months, um, because in the UK you do half. So you got sentenced to 66 months, I did 33. Going there now, Sheikh, like my brothers came back to the area. The same day my brothers came back to the area. My youngest brother and his friends, they were waiting around somewhere. Then they came across some enemies. So now they contacted my other brother saying, yo, you need to come down. These times, the day before, we was playing with a shotgun just to make sure it's loaded or whenever. So my brother, my other brother's getting messages, come down, there's issues there. Like, he's panicking now. He jumps on the pushback, he comes down to the area, comes down with a shotgun. He's across the road now. He's looked at my brother and his friends like, where is he? The guy was acting like a civilian, the guy that was our enemy. He came around the bus stop, stabbed my brother twice in the neck. Once in the chest, my brothers fell like, fall off the bike now. My youngest brothers run across the road. They're having a knife fight. He stabbed my brother 11 times. My brother stabbed him like around 18, 19 times. So they're just going at it. But when you're that adrenaline is coming in, you're just going in. And then my youngest brother runs to my brother. And this is, and this is subhanAllah, I said to my brother, look, you see, when you love and when you go life through pain, you know how to bond with each other. My youngest brother saw his older brother on the floor when the blood is just squirting out. And even though he's got 11 holes in him, mm. he's putting pressure on the brother on his neck and looking at him. Then my other friend come, took out the shotgun from the bag and shot the guy in the back. Took off his whole shoulders. Man, they would say, but you're a criminal, you don't deserve it. No, bro, this was survival. What are you talking about? You don't I know. I understand. It wasn't, you told me a little bit about it, that your upbringing and the bullying. Sheikh, we've and never, how ever, you yeah, up, Sheikh, we've you, never you, ever done nothing for a state. People just kept going at you. It wasn't over, some people might think it's, you know, what, what, what happened. But I gathered from you, it was nothing about drugs or anything nothing, like that. Nothing, Sheikh. People were just after you, you just happened to be in the wrong place. And your circumstances yeah. and your background, that's what you were telling me. Sheikh, I, I it upsets me to know that the Muslims call us you didn't, criminals. You didn't choose that. Thank you. It upsets me that the Muslims call us criminals. That the Muslims like, look at this road man, ex-road man, now he thinks he's an imam. But shut your mouth. What no. are you talking about? You have you, no idea, Sheikh. You never said you're an imam. Amongst us, you've acted like a very humble young student who was ready to learn. 
and we have to take it easy on you and be fair to you and merciful and compassionate to you. I've learned so much about you in these four days, Achie Amen. I see you like almost, I mean, I don't look it, but I can, I'm old enough to almost be like your father. And uh, <clears throat> I see you like a nephew that is ready to be guided. And I think we need to invest in you. We need to help you and empower you and nurture you. And you get more knowledge, inshallah, more wisdom, because you have a foundation we don't have. And that is, you understand the youth better than anyone else. Perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may have uh, did the, all these circumstances for you to bring something out of you. But youth should understand that this is not the life. And they should not follow. It's not cool. It's a rough, tough... I can tell you are full of pain. Alhamdulillah. You are full of pain. And you're finding, for the first time, your paradise. So your mother went to visit you in the prison. And she in was prison. in her modesty. Tell us the moment that made you change. Sheikh, it was the fact that I couldn't touch her. And I couldn't hug her. Behind the glass. Because... Because I had a close visit. Normally you have a normal visit where you come and they bring you some food and someone will like snacks that you normally get from the canteen. But because I was on close visit due to being a violent prisoner, I wasn't allowed to associate with the rest of the prisoners that were on visit. I had to have my own room. And in that room there's a big glass from side to side and I, I couldn't even smell her. And then when I, like, it, was, it was difficult for me. And I, and I wanted that. I wanted that comfort for my mum and then finding out that she's driven she's it's taken her three hours to come to me and three hours to go back why am I going to let my mother now she's come to see her son and bear in mind sheikh my brothers called that case on the same day I went to prison so my mother saw three of her kids out of four in prison all, all at the same time how did that make you feel oh sheikh it crumbled me that's what made me change and I made the oath to myself Safalah. I myself made an oath to Allah and I made an oath to my mother. I said, I'm never going to go back to the sick and twisted ways that I was. I'm making a promise that I'm going to be, inshallah, coming out. Bear in mind, I never ever got hurt on the streets. I got rushed, that's nothing. But actually getting stabbed or getting shot, no. I got shot at by my enemies on three different occasions. But alhamdulillah, no bullet touched me. The reality, Allah had me. But when I came out of prison, I got tested. And while my brothers were still in prison, I came out of prison, I was tested as in that. And Allah told you, you claim you believed. So you claim you believe and you won't be tested. Let me, let me test you to see if, if, if that oath you made with me in prison meant something. Or that oath you made with your parents meant something. And I got stabbed the first time by a friend at a train station on my way to a dentist appointment. Hmm. I saw him. This is the same guy that I actually had a fight with back in the day before prison. I found that he became a Muslim. Allah. I saw him at the train station. We hugged it out. We, we said salam to each other and happy days. I said to him, oh, forgive me. You're Muslim now. You're my brother. I got you. Like, you understand? He goes to me, so you're not going to go back to the road? I said, no, bro. Okay, amen. With your experience in that life, can you tell us why? Why do youth go down that road? What, what are the reasons that make them go down? From your, from your experience, from your own thoughts, from your opinion. Why do youth look for stuff like that that just ruins their life? And they know it's ruining it. It's miserable. What is it about it that makes them go down there? I mean, 
What do you think are the reasons? Is it lack of knowing about Islam? Is it lack of family? Is it relationship with their parents? Is it because they don't can't find themselves? No one's guiding them? Is it bullying? Is it judgment? What is it? Sheikh, it's quite a few things. But based on my observation, it's a lack of love and care from the household. That's number one. Mm. Number two is a lack of Islam without fail. A lack of basic etiquettes of Islam. You don't need to gain knowledge in your early years. You just need to know what is halal and haram that is pleasing to Allah and displeasing to Allah for your range of age. Of one adult range of age, your range of age. Yeah. And then leave them be. Let them learn everything else. The moment you make them a prisoner or feel like a prisoner inside the household, the moment you will lose them outside. Because they will find comfort in someone else that, they, that you can't give them comfort. The youth want comfort. Khayman, we get afraid as parents that if we let them do things, then we're not going to get them back. We, we get scared as parents that if I don't guide them, so sometimes if a parent doesn't know what to do, they get scared that they're going to lose their child. You know, like Prophet Nuh salam, no, on the boat. No, he says, no. son, son, please, please, please. In the end, the wave took him. We're afraid of the waves taking our children, Akhi Ayman. So... Sheikh, why don't you go with the wave? Tom, what do you mean by that? What I mean by going with the wave, you make yourself vulnerable to your child. You let them know of the struggles that you had when you was his age and growing up. Interesting. That does it and the struggles of his uncles maybe, struggles from his cousins maybe. Where did that lead you? That led them to being obedient to Allah now. Where did that lead you? That led you to be a man of regret. Why are you a man of regret? I thought you loved that life. No, bro. Regret is a form of repentance. It's a form of getting rid of your ego. Definitely. Your arrogance. Regret is a form of you understanding you're a human. You make mistakes. But now, let's not try to fall back into those mistakes. No. Let's, and this is something I don't like. Oh, we need to protect our kids. What are you talking about protect your kids? From what's out there. Protections from Allah. What you need to do is prepare them. Mm. There's a big difference. Prepare and protect. You prepare them for going down that path and let them hate it. If you protect them, they're more eager to know what are you protecting me from. I want to know what you're protecting me from. No, no, no. Protection comes from Allah. You've done your part. That's here. But preparing them is a whole different pathway. Sheikh. Be a parent. Be, be merciful, sit with them, show your vulnerability, talk about it, yeah. listen to them, let them feel that their identity is strong. Sheikh, sometimes my daughter asks about my mum. She sees me getting teared up. She knows that I miss my mum. She wipes away my tears. Alhamdulillah, she knows that's, that's, that's that bond I have with my daughter, you understand? It is where it is. Like the first Eid I had with my, sorry, the first Ramadan I had with my mum. My daughter, I have no way, five years old, telling me, Oh, it's going to be different this year. What are, you, what are you talking about, Baba? Yeah, Grandma's not here. Let them see you being vulnerable inside the house. If you cry, you cry. You're human. You're like them. Don't be the stern. And this is something my dad was always like stern, letting you know, like, like just keep it to yourself. Not to say he was bad. It's what he got programmed. And we, by default, we got programmed in this. But now, uh, 
Life is the greatest lesson, mashallah. You've learned this on your own. Alhamdulillah. Akhi uh, Ayman, tell me about your relationship with your sisters. Oh, alhamdulillah. Wallahi, I have a very close relationship with my older sisters than I do with my younger sister. By growing up, it was closer to her. But when I became an adult, when I became a, uh, well, when I became married, because they got married before me, when I became a father, oh, I called them the three musketeers, the troublemakers. My mum and both of my older sisters. <laughs> Those three, the advice you would get from them is like, it's like, it's like you're being interrogated by three women all at the same time. But it's good advice, obviously. And my mother would say something, and my sister would say something. Then the other one would disagree with my mom, or the other one would disagree with my sister. And now there's two against one, and they, and it's like, and you're just sitting there thinking, this is advice for me, not for yourselves, and not attacking yourselves. So my, so when when my mother returned back to Allah, I saw that there was, Allahumma amin. I saw that there was problems. I saw that there was problems between the sisters now. Mm. Why? Because my mother was the glue, and now they, because their character is so different from one another, they don't have that glue anymore to let them know, they put your lost. differences, of course. My no. mother is the compass. You all feel yeah. lost, the mother goes, she's the one that encompasses him, she goes, we feel very lost. She's the yeah. compass to life. Yeah. She's the magnet that brings everyone together. Yeah. That magnet is being taken away, who are you drawn to? You love your sisters? I love them, Sheikh. Wallah. You take their advice? Above and beyond, yes, Sheikh. You help them? To my best of my abilities. They have their husbands to help them. When, yeah. they, were, when they were still single? When Did they, you ever yeah. help them with the dishes? Sheikh, Did they help you, you with something? the dishes? Sheikh, Wallahi, my sisters <laughs> could tell you this, Sheikh. When I say help them with the dishes, it means in my household, <laughs> there was no difference between the boy and the girl doing dishes. Or doing, we were both Hayat the same. Allah. My sister sometimes would do it. I said, come here, let me do it. And this relationship, did you have a similar one like that with your sisters? Sheikh, my sisters, we fight over who's going to wash the dishes. <laughs> Why? Because I myself, I find washing dishes, hoovering, ironing, very therapeutic. Yeah. My wife uses it though. You find it therapeutic. Very. <laughs> Wallahi. I don't know. I'm you, a very angry you person. You rough, tough person find ironing therapeutic. Because of prison, Sheikh. Because I live by myself. Uh, I knew how to take care of myself. So you get into this routine, you live by yourself. You're, you know how to nurture yourself because you're in behind a closed door. Yeah. So ironing, washing up, cleaning yourself. Now, nah, but this is on a different scale, cleaning your house. I love it. My wife uses and abuses it though. I don't okay. like it. <laughs> so whenever way. I'm ironing a phobe now, she goes, uh, I am a abaya, oh, I am a niqab, I am a hijab. She says that to Yeah, you. I'm like, because she knows I like ironing. So she goes, oh yeah, but oh, you know what? Iron this for tomorrow as well. Relax yourself. Relax. You're going a bit too far now. But I bet you say relax, but you still iron it. I still iron it, Sheikh. I still iron it. May Allah Wallahi. bless you, Habibi. Allahumma Allah bless you. This is, you know, with marriage, this is important to know. Ah, oh, Sheikh, I love We sometimes look at men, sometimes like when you look at you talking, you think he's the aggressive, misogynist type that, looks down on women but when we look into your life in actual practice your words may not come out in the right place at times yes and that's okay we're always learning with Learn. words you said it yourself your english is not the best 
and you're still learning to articulate yourself. Inshallah. Sometimes it's happened to me. I want to say something, and then it comes out in the wrong way. Mm. Go, oh, that's the way I should have said it, yeah. even till now. But when we look at, you know, you walk the talk, mashallah. And when we look at how you got no difference, you know, in your house, it's not gender bias. It's not, this is, you have to iron, I'm not touching it. Mm. You like, you get told off for not ironing, and you say, come on, when you argue, you still do it. So because you help your wife. And your children see that. And I learned that from my sisters. Yeah. I got to admit. You learned that from your sisters. My sisters, man. My sisters is the How? one that um they always said like like it's it's like it's like they prepared me by using reverse psychology from before going to prison. So they made you fall in love with doing house chores. Why? Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to do it. True. Do you understand? Used to help, yes. So if the Prophet used to do it, who are we? Ah, I know who we are. We follow the Quran and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the West. That's who we are. Because the West tells you, say, you know, this is not for you. You have a position to play. Nah. Islam tells you whatever happens under your roof, you are equal. Mm. In love, in respect, in care, in passion, in affection. And you said it. The key is... We have a role model whom Allah sent to us. There has come to you a, the best example in the Messenger of Allah. And that is your motto. You have a standard which you go by. You know, in science, I don't know if you've ever done science, when we do an experiment, mm. you cannot do an experiment without something called a standard or a control. Mm. You, have to get a, you have to get a test tube. And in order for your experience to be compared, you have to have something that's, that you compare to. Yes. A stand, like say water, that doesn't no. change. And then there's something called variable. The variable no. means we're going to try. And whatever works that's similar, we take this as a role model, this, okay, this, this yes, YouTube. Of so Muhammad sallallahu belongs the best of examples. When you have a standard to go by, who is Rasulullah, the Messenger of Allah, and the Quran, no matter how far you go wrong, you're telling me you go back on that standard and start again and start Shaykh, again. He Mashallah. is your foundation as yeah. a human. Mm. As a, he's, he's, the, he's described he's your as a role model, inshallah. Oh, yeah, it has to be. Mm. It, it needs to be. There's a big, like, you need to understand where you, where you stand with this. You need to understand. You know, I've listened to a few of your talks. And we're wrapping them up, inshallah, now. I've listened to a few of your talks. I haven't listened too much. But a few, alhamdulillah. Avoid that person, Sheikh. Avoid no, it. No, 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 no. I like to listen. And, akhi, we never see ourselves better than, than other people. There's always something to learn. You have something I don't have, for example. A lot of my colleagues and a lot of the sheikhs, they don't have. Even educators and teachers, I told you about that. You have something, and that is you tell us exactly what the mind of the youth is going through. And that teaches us about how to articulate and which directions to go. Mm. It helps psychologists, it helps therapists, it helps counsellors. We need that information. People like you give us that valuable information. You don't learn that in textbooks. Okay, this is this is an art. That's an education that not many people. So have. let me give you mm. something that I do now, Sheikh. Yeah, I go to different masajid, different youth clubs. I've been even invited to like church groups. That they're telling me we're not Muslim, but all of our boys in church they watch you. Oh, wallah, I'm non-Muslims. Like, oh, yeah, non-Muslims. I would go because it's about yeah. relating. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's resonating with the person. That's going through the same things you're going through right now. Mm. And people think, yeah, I'm an adult. This guy's a 30-year-old guy. What's he, what are you talking about? I'm still a youth. 
I still class myself as a youth. Anyone that's above 40 now, yeah, yeah, you're old still. But anyone above 40 now, your youth is done. <laughs> or your 40. adulthood starts. What are you saying about me, bro? Sheikh, Sheikh Allah Mubarak, you're a handsome guy. So, Thank you. Sheikh, so uh, let me not go to a different type of topic here. Oh, man. You know I, what I'm saying? Because now be you'll be the one to, to get interrogated. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. I wasn't going to be able to go to sleep tonight. You're going to make me feel good, bro. No, 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 Sheikh, Allah Mubarak. I'm saying, Allah bless you with being a teacher, Sheikh. Allahumma barak, Sheikh. So, you to know, I would always say this, Sheikh, be the best teacher for yourself, first and foremost. Mm. See what you can learn from yourself. Mm. Anything that you lack in, excel in. So, people think whatever you're good in, excel in. No. The stuff that you're good at, leave it there. They come in handy. It's what you lack in you need to excel. Mm. Work on them. Because those are your good things, it's never gonna drop. You're good at it. You're good. Like I get, I'm a construction worker. I'm good with my hands. I like to build. I like hard work. You won't see me behind a computer desk doing this. Ah, What's not to disrespect the people that do that? That's not my cup of tea, though. My cup of tea is physical work, doing working, construction, doing uh, building a house. That's what I love doing. And at the same time, Sheikh, it takes me away from my pain. I got a, a bag on my stomach. And I've got nerve damage on the left side of my body. It constantly is in pain. I've got the sensitive side of nerve damage, not the numbness. Shafaqallah wa'afiq. Allahumma ameen, Sheikh. So it's constantly there. <clears throat> so at times, like last night, I struggled to see if I was in pain. Why? Because the, it was too sensitive. I can't wear a sock. I can't even put a blanket on the left side of my body. Because anything that touches it just feels like I'm getting electrocuted. It's there, but when it gets touched, it just goes a bit in a higher frequency, so it hurts. So for me to be vulnerable with the youth to this level, and I'm telling them, bro, I know what you're feeling. Like, let's do this together. I'm not gonna leave you to it, but let's do this together. That's a gift. I was saying that I listened to some of your talks, and sometimes I say, okay, this young man here, he's not talking from the books. He's talking from his experience. And therefore, sometimes you would give an opinion. And I know this is from your own experience. Yes, sir. And sometimes some people can resonate with that. Some people have a tough time accepting that mm. from you. Mm. Some people expect from you really, really high because they're looking at you in the wrong way. They're looking at you as this great scholar or this mm. sheikh or this person who mm. should know better. But what you're actually doing is that you're reaching out to the, the segment of the youth. Mm. And that segment of the youth that's vulnerable, you're relating to them in a way we can't. So we have to have compassion with people like you and like me and take it easier. You said something before where we judge each other too much online. No. Allah, we've got to really look at our intentions and think, are we really trying to guide this person and help them for the sake of Allah because we want the best for them? Or are we doing it to bring attention to ourselves. This is something yeah. even myself, all my life, I've been afraid of to show off your good deeds. If I want good for you, and really, truly, you mentioned some of the mashayikh who have studied, at least we call them students of knowledge, and some of them scholars. You can tell the difference. Mm. When they want to advise you, they advise you in the most merciful way. And I remember when you were saying that you've got those sheikhs around you advise you a different way to the rest. 
you can take it because they really, truly, you feel the care. They take you aside and they advise you and you correct yourself. Like the man who came to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he, he was a young man, he was about 16, 17 years old. He was a shab, he was a rahd um, or a young person. He comes to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, people around him and he said, Ya Rasulullah, please give me permission to commit fornication. I want to do zina in front of everybody. No. But that's not the point. The people started screaming. How could he talk like that to the Prophet Doesn't he know any better how rude he is? The Prophet said, everybody, leave him alone. Bring him to me very close right here. So he avoided the public and he gave him importance. Someone come right next to me. Came really close so nobody can hear and say, what you're asking for, would you like it for your sister? said, oh, no. I would ransom myself to Ya Rasulullah. No, I wouldn't want it for my sister. Would you like it for your mother? And he would say, no. Would you like it for your uh, daughter? Would you like it for your auntie? Would you like it? The Kim's gone, no, Ya Rasulullah. Wanna. He said, and the same people would not like it for their, you know, same thing. Um, yeah, they would no, not no, like no. it for, for their own. And that's when he said, Wallahi, there was no more hated act to me than zina after that, zina Allahu fornication. Just from the approach of the Prophet we need to nurture and take it easy. If we truly want to advise someone, the man who urinated in the masjid, no. it's time Prophet Sallallahu everybody said, how could he urinate? Some of them went for their swords. Rasulullah said, let him finish, let him finish his urination in the masjid. Then he called him close and he said to him, this is not a place. He says, Fidaka Abi wa Ummi. Habibi, I'm trying to make a point here that, yes, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. Sometimes the words won't come right. I'm going to focus on the gift that Allah Subhanahu wa has given you. People, when Allah brings that as an asset for the young people. So in our final remarks here, Amen, my brother Amen, can you give just any simple advice to the youth as final remarks, inshallah? Take your time, mention one, two, or three points, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I just want to make it clear, Sheikh. You, you know, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an imam, I'm not an ustad as well. I'm trying to be that carpet that you use before coming home. The one you wipe your shoes on. The one you have to dust off all each and every dirt before you leave. I'm sorry, before you get into your house or before you get into a masjid or before you get into a hotel, wherever it may be. What an analogy. I want to be that carpet that you have to dust off yourself to prepare for the people of knowledge. Prepare for the people of, that sacrifice their time for the deen. I'm happy being in that carpet. Not the carpet that the genie flies on and takes you around the world, no. Let me be that carpet, it humbles me and it, and it reminds me of where I came from and where I'm trying to go. Where I'm trying to go is to their position, the people I'm trying to forward them to. But for now, I'm happy where I am. You know why? Because knowledge I've seen, which people haven't seen, I hope they've seen, I've seen knowledge make people arrogant but they have no adab, they got, their characteristics is far from the deen. Yes, you got knowledge, but your character is bad, your manners are bad, your etiquettes are bad, your, your behavior is bad because of what knowledge shouldn't make you arrogant. I know exactly what you're saying, but maybe we can rephrase it. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm sure. Perhaps what we're saying here is knowledge is good, Yes. but when people get knowledge, if their heart's not sincere, they will Facts. use the knowledge. 100. To become arrogant. Yes, Sheikh. Is that is that what you? Hundred percent, Sheikh. And that's exactly yes. But I know people of knowledge, Sheikh. They've gained knowledge, Sheikh. They would rather be in the same carpet as me, yeah. as low as me. No. Because knowledge has made them humble. So without the, sincerity, 
Facts. There is no knowledge. The more knowledge he, they've gained, the humbler they've become. Uh, knowledge shouldn't make you exactly. arrogant. Shouldn't make you arrogant. Use it in the right way. 100%. Now, what I do, I resonate. I make mistakes. Make excuses for your Muslim brother. And a Muslim is someone that another Muslim is safe from their tongue and their hands. Am I safe from you? I'm not. Mm. Like Sheikh, I got told, I told people the story of my, when my wife got told, you know, now we're pregnant. I got told I can never have kids because I got tortured. I got kidnapped. I got told I can never have kids. I told the story to my fellow Muslims. Alhamdulillah, who has saved you from that life, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. And blessed you. And no, Sheikh, you have the audacity as a Muslim to say your wife cheated on you. How dare you to have that? That means you lack that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring miracles. You lack that. You need to fix yourselves. I want you to know, Akhi Ayman, even the prophets received some greater and more hurtful words. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa used to say, Moses was harmed more than that by his people and he remained patient, persevering. Asbir, I will be patient. You know, Aisha radiallahu anha, Prophet's wife, was accused of adultery. Yeah. Do you remember that story, Hadith al-Ifq? So, Akhil Karim, when you stand for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are sincere, you're going to find opposition. <coughs> Let them be. And you continue for the sake of Allah, so long as Allah is pleased with you. Be strong and brave about it. What's the second advice you can give, Akhi Ayman? So, number one, remain humble and aspire to the sincere, knowledgeable people. Number two, Number what can two, you advise Sheikh, the youngsters? This is, this is the ayah I learned from my mum. And I think I'll end it on this. Mm. I used to hear my mum recite this ayah a lot, especially when she's washing up or when she's watching uh, something or when she's preparing food. And she used to say it. And this ayah, no disrespect to the rest of the Quran, but it means something to me. Now that my mother, Ali, she's gone back to Allah, it means something to me. And I realize that no matter what you're going through in life, if you implement this in your life, you're going to be in a good position financially, physically, mentally, and so on and so forth. It's from Surah Yusuf, my favorite surah. And the ayah is, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Qala innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. That I only complain of my sorrow and my grief to Allah. I can't do that to friends because my friends will once, they may become my enemies. I can't do that to my wife because one day we may get divorced. I can't do that with my kids because maybe one day we'll stop speaking. I can't do that with my brothers or sisters because one day we'll have an altercation and we don't speak for them. But Allah is, will never turn his back on you. Allah is the one that is there for you no matter what time of the day it is. It's an invisible phone that you need to call, that you need to pick up to speak to. Your sajda is that phone call. And my key words, and I always say this, if you ever need to call Allah, Allah has given you the digits to call him. Two, four, four, three, four. Two for Fajr, four for Dhuhr, four for Asr, three for Maghrib and four for Aisha. <laughs> I'm going to use that inshallah. By all means, Sheikh. Allah has given you a number for you to call. But that's a number to call him. Beautiful. But other than calling him, إِنَّمَا أَشْكُوا بَثِّي وَحُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ 
That's what Prophet Yaqub lost his son for a while. And that was the du'a of Aisha radiallahu anhu talking before when she was slandered. Even Rasulullah couldn't do much for her. He saw her and then she said, I just complain my sorrow from my grief and to my Allah. Grief to Allah. Alhamdulillah. This for me is what I go by every single day. I'm in pain 24-7. You may see me right now, Sheikh, I'm bubbling, I'm smiling. I like to banter because I don't want people to know. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't want sympathy, Sheikh. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I never have. So why am I going to let, oh, 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 I'm in pain, please. No. You know what that's called in the Quran? Since you said, إِنَّمَا شْكُبَثِي وَحُزْنِي إِلَى Yaqub said, فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ There is patience and there is beautiful patience. Nah. And the scholars said the beautiful patience means exactly what you just said. That is the strongest person where they only complain to Allah. Nah. As in, they say, Ya Rabb, my worries and my sorrows, not complaining nah. about Allah. They talk about their sorrows and to no one else. That's called sabrun jamil. The best of patience. And if it is a burden, beautiful patience. then in the eyes of Allah, mm. Understand, if you have him as your Lord, yeah. understand this, it becomes a beautiful burden. A burden you wouldn't mind having because it draws you closer to Allah. Yeah. Just look at it like that. It's not a beautiful, a uh, uh, yeah, I would say it's an amazing gift. A very big, strong, heavy gift, inshallah. On that note, Ayman, it was a pleasure and honor. Allah, very quick. Thank you. Yeah, the honor, the honor's mine. But now that I've got your number, Sheikh, <laughs> I'm gonna use and abuse you. Look, ahlan wa sahlan. You already, yeah. you can use, use and abuse me for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala anytime, as Umar Dilan used to say. Allahu Akbar. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala bless you. Amen. Keep you guided. Forgive your sins. Amen. Have mercy on your mother. Allahumma amin. And give blessings to your father and your brothers and your sisters. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala continue Ameen. to make you rise to become better and better. Amen. And as a gift to the other young people in the world and to all of us. Allah Allah increase you in knowledge. Sheikh, I just wanted to Amen. say as well, Sheikh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your brother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh. reunite you with them. And especially Amen. your son, yeah, Sheikh. I know yeah. I know it's a diff two different people in our lives that passed away. Yeah. And I know they're very special to us. But Wallahi, you and your family and your son and your brother, hai, my dua. And I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunites you in a way where it's pleasing to him. Yeah. And I always say this to people, whatever struggle you're going with, or sorry, going through, I, will, I, I pray that you remain in that struggle for as long as it draws you closer to Allah. If it's a struggle that takes you away from the deen of Allah, I pray you remain in that same struggle until you come back to him. I mean, they become my strength, ya akhi. Just Allah like Allah. this has become your strength. Allah Muslim Allah. never gives up. We keep Allah. going, getting stronger, alhamdulillah. We have Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Bless you, habibi. Assalamu alaykum. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Allah yirda ala kuhu. Thank you, thank you, thank you. May Allah bless you, habibi. Wallahi. We understand you. Habibi. Alhamdulillah. You got to run. Um, I'm very sorry you didn't get a, a bite. What's the time? It's 11.40. Huh? 11.40. 11.40? Yeah, we've got to run. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> What time do you have to be there? Shift time. Mayhem, Makhabi. Mayhem, Go. I'm going to hold my face, but I'm not going to win you. Happy.
I'll meet you there then, inshallah. Do you want me to call them for you? Yes, please. Who is it? Achim. 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 Achim.